Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. is David William Hannity and there will be no encore. Do you like the middle name thing that I'm doing? Yeah. Are you going to sing with that? Sure. It sounds like you're giving out to yourself, you know? Maybe. David William Hannity. Get a group of yourself. <laughs> you get back here. <laughs> uh, stamp those, the chorus of voices in the No Encore studio for episode 89. Welcome to episode 89 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Colm Regan, Craig Fitzpatrick, hello. We're back. Hello. Hello. I've always been here. It's true. Never well, we won't get into it because I think we were boring people to death with Craig's college. Uh, college? What's that? I don't even know. College. 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 What college work? Uh, it was a great app last week, by the way. It Thanks. was very heavy. It was extremely heavy. We navigated those waters brilliantly with the help of Neil Jones, who's fantastic. It was great. I just want to say that uh, I really got a chuckle out of thinking about Fanula's mother tuning in to hear her daughter on the show <laughs> and being met with 15 minutes of sexual uh, assault references, death. Yeah. And My eth- favourite was and when Colm said, Guys, will I lighten the mood? And 15 seconds later, he was talking about ethnic cleansing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't heard that episode was being if you haven't heard that episode uh, go back and it's uh, definitely worth the listen understand the context of it I thought we did okay I mean you know it's very good I, yeah. I thought and we did very well unfortunately we do, we do have a retraction yeah I, mean, oh, yeah I made a big mistake I'm sorry correction it, it, corner yeah. once again uh, I said on the last episode that Bitch Falcon were supporting Pussy Riot in Dublin which is actually taking place tonight uh, but they're not I got that wrong the good news though is if you hear this podcast on the day that it goes out this being Friday the 24th of November you can catch them in Belfast because that's when they're supporting Pussy Riot in Belfast not in Dublin but if you are in Dublin and you're like oh for fuck's sake Dave what the hell man Jesus. 
Good news as well, if you listen to this by Friday, because on Saturday, this being the 25th of November, Bitch Falcon are headlining in Whelan's. And there's support in the line from Thumper and from Elk. It's going to be a very loud, sweaty show. Get along to it. Sweaty? Well, Is that a promise? Like, <laughs> I would imagine it'll get a bit sweaty. Probably, yeah. Well, you know, well, it was, you know, if people put on their antiperspirants... Dave's just going to be there in like, one of those sauna suits that UFC <laughs> fighters use to cut weight, just making up for everyone else if needs be. That's what he does. Well, let's not, get, let's not lose the point here that Pitch Falcon are playing those gigs and go and see them if you'd like to. True. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, everyone makes mistakes, man. That's just the way it is. While you're putting things in your diary, a reminder of uh, the no encore quiz of the year. Uh, Countdown is on. We we certainly are. (laughs) It's Uh, the big one. The big quiz. (laughs) Less than two weeks to go at this point. Uh, Workman's Club on December 7th. Tickets available, no encore quiz.eventbrite.ie. Not that many left, though. True. So do hurry if you want to nab yourself a table. If I was going to the quiz, though, and I was confident that I would win, that that I had a strong knowledge of 2017 pop culture, Mm -hmm. what would I possibly be about to win, maybe, or take home me on the evening? Well... How funny you should ask, Dave. Uh, yes, we, we, we have a ton of great prizes lined up. Uh, even that list isn't fully finalised yet. But uh, in amongst it are uh, vouchers for the Lighthouse Cinema and for Bunsen, tickets to Lumo Club, to various places around the city and various events. We have fantastic prize of tickets to the Donnybrook Stadium gigs of Future Islands and the National. Get out of town! It's true, and uh, also a bunch of signed vinyl from some of the best bands in Ireland, so, yeah, lots are to win, not lots to look friends. forward to. <laughs> like, yeah, no. yeah, we don't know who the signed vinyl is not from. Not just tap people Not up friends here. of ours of the show, <laughs> or definitely not those people. So, yeah, that sounds good. Um, so, that's so a tenner ahead, do you say, or 35 euro for a table at noencorequiz.eventbrite.ie on Thursday, December the 7th in the Workman's Club? All of that is correct, yeah, Dave. Yes. Yeah, he said that. That's yeah. because it's correct. All those things. Drew. Well, you know, um, I went to a gig this week. Uh-huh. I went to see Wolf Parade. Such a man about town. In the button factory of a Monday evening of a school night, no less. And it was great. It was excellent. It was my fifth time seeing the Canadian band. And they were fantastic. They New stuff sound good. Yeah. New stuff sounds great. Yeah, very good. Uh, particularly like Baby Blue. And they actually opened with Lazarus Online, which is really good. And it kind of reminded me of that, how good that song is. Uh, all the classics sounded great as well, of course. I will never get tired of hearing I'll Believe in Anything Live and screaming along to the ending of it because it's just so much fun. Uh, the place was fucking jammed, by the way. Like it was sold right. out, like a rammed button factory of a Monday. The band were so happy to be there, like playing with each other, all kinds of. They, just, they look at their uh, no, no, no. They look at they're having a great time. Uh, but there was a hilarious moment right before uh, they went on stage because um, a lady named Siobhan, I can't remember her surname, but she runs the Young Hearts Run Free Collective in Dublin. Mm-hmm. They uh, do a lot of work with the Simon community, and she's a friend of the band, so she introed them. She came on stage and like there was a hush silence, and she did a long intro uh, for the band. And <laughs> when she said, uh, she goes. And uh, just so you know that the merch stand out, like outside, uh, a portion of the sales tonight will go to the Simon community and helping the homeless in Dublin. And, you know, like you're expecting everyone to just kind of applaud it. Right. And that did happen. But before it happened, one bloke just goes, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> and in a her, really sarcastic way it's, he, he, it's yeah, he sounded it but, like, but it, sincere, it, but like, it yeah. had that like that pregnant pause and like I was just like that's fucking hilarious and it reminded me of like when Homer Simpson is watching Twin Peaks and The Simpsons and yeah. he's like uh, brilliant. brilliant I have no idea, I have no what's, idea going what's going on, on. So, I, yeah, so I just kind of cackled laughing because it was hilarious timing is everything can, can I really say as well very briefly that on my script I was just wondering because there's brilliant in, in, in quotation marks so I wouldn't like, forget yeah I was like has Dave just given a one word review <laughs> of the gig to remind him <laughs> like, to do. Wednesday Wolf Parade. 
Can I really remember what it was like? The gig was brilliant, <laughs> as was the gesture to the Simon community. And uh, that merch stand, by the way, during the gig, like someone put up a sign saying, like, back after the gig. It was, like, very trustworthy. Yeah. But it was great. It was an excellent gig, really communal, uh, a lot of fun. I dragged along a friend of the show, Zara Hedman, and she really enjoyed it as well. And, yeah, that's about all I've really been up to in terms of music this week. I definitely haven't caused controversy at all anywhere. No, no, no. no. That, that, no that didn't happen. It's your own fault for checking social media, like. I know. Well, I was tagged in this time. Yeah. So, long story short, last Sunday I was at home and I had a few drinks on me. And <laughs> I went to see Justice League. You'd have a few drinks in you as well after that, trust yeah, me. I've heard. No, no, it's bad. Uh, straight into the top ten worst films of all time, I think. That bad? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think so. It's ir- ir- irredeemable. Didn't they kind of... Uh, weren't they test screening it and they realised it wasn't funny whatsoever, so they added, like, jokes oh, yeah. into actual... No, yeah, but, like, like, can you notice those things? Yeah, of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. their zinger. This yeah. is a film with, with its stitches ripped open, like it's just come out of a fucking surgery oh, or I something. I love that. That's so, uh, one thing I found interesting was, like, I mean, the, it opens up and the opening credits has... It's trying to show you what the world looks like when Superman's not in it. So you get to see like a homeless man on the streets saying "I tried" with a sign that really pe- really peps you up when you're when you're getting your popcorn, and then also you see a bit where uh, some white guy in a hoodie uh, looking like a new metal fan or something from you know, but also one of a particularly different bent is um, attacking a fruit stall owned by like a minority person because I was like, that's what you want, like yeah. going, going into this film, and then it opens up and you got a scene of like Wonder Woman solving a, a plot by uh, Michael McElhatton of uh, yep. Game yeah. of Thrones fame pops up shoots a security guard twice in the back of the head and then him and his zealots uh, try and suicide bomb a bank and then when that doesn't work he pulls out an MCC and tries to shoot everyone and I'm like so DC sticking with that dark universe yeah <laughs> I, uh, I I turned to my friend and I went you know for kids um, <laughs> but they also mix it in with wacky fun jokes from The Flash and yeah it's an absolute mess it's a train wreck I hated it but that night I went on Twitter and I said uh uh, I've run the numbers on this one. Well, you one. finally, you followed through with what you've been promising for ages. <laughs> I yeah. promises that the live show. <laughs> yeah. The first live show. It's true, it's true, actually. You I did. Said, yeah. I, I said I can name 15 good Coldplay songs here right now. Hmm. And it turns out I couldn't, and I didn't. But as, I've tur- as it turns out, there's 11. There's 11 good to great Coldplay songs. And the next day, uh, when I was in work, I was asked by my editor to go ahead and write that piece. And I was like, really? You sure? Okay. So I did that. It's just setting you up there, mate. It's a, very, yeah. br- it's a very praiseful piece. Now, the headline on the Joe that I, article that I wrote does say, uh, definitive proof that Coldplay only have 11 good songs uh, which admittedly is a bit of a hook and <laughs> what? sensationalist you say <laughs> now I don't know about the Facebook comments because I stayed well away from that but on Twitter people were like coming after me and someone told me to delete my account somebody told me that uh, Ireland is cancelled yeah Ireland is cancelled now and they were also trying to uh, the, the, the phrase witch hunt was used some guy tried to organise a witch hunt and like, it didn't I, happen. Thankfully. I would say, arguably, the comment "Ireland is cancelled" is a bit more of an outrageous statement than anything you said. No, a little bit. Yeah. Nah. So, okay. I but I can just be like, like the piece is praising them. Like it's only eleven good songs. I feel like it's a bit of an egg. Yeah. I I feel like you know it's <laughs> the other Coldplay. Hun- the other eleven hun- good the other songs. Twenty plus. <laughs> not a single <laughs> by implication. Oh, that's the follow-up piece. Yeah. Uh, not a single song off the second album, by the way. And I bought that album back in the day with cash money. I think I did and too. And I learned yeah. how to play "In My Place" on drums. It's one of the first songs I've learned how to play on drums. So I reserved the right to completely ignore it when compiling <laughs> yeah. this list. In has their best songs. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, God put a smile on your face. Kev Lefty, who a friend of the show, is a big fan of that song, and I can't believe it. Yeah. W- I wouldn't have picked that one but you left off the scientist for Christ's sake yeah because I want that played at my wedding and my funeral 
fuck off. Oh, so you're just saying overexposure? So it's not that great. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah, it'd be great. And if you played at their funeral, they'd have to carry your coffin up the aisle backwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a very good joke. That's a good joke. Okay, <laughs> let's get to the news. Yeah, and um, yeah, in an increasing pattern, which I, I mean, this is just going to happen to everybody, I guess, or at least everybody you know whose kind of fame comes far enough removed yeah. from well, their starting well, social come, media, but, um, huh? They're coming for you eventually. Yeah, That's but I was saying, like, I mean, thankfully, you know, there wasn't social media when I was sort of like 20 years of age. Otherwise, I probably would have said some quite silly things. Sure. Um, it has now emerged that Stormzy uh, has basically done the very thing. Um, three-year-old tweets that were posted by the rapper have uh, kind of been recently unearthed, so to speak. Um, he made fun of homosexual characters on TV shows, asked other tweeters if they were gay based on their interest, and seemingly used the word uh, fag as a pejorative uh, a lot of the time, <laughs> it seems. Um, and frankly, he's just put his hands up and he said in what I thought was an extremely good apology, which is something that we're getting to say increasingly rarely yeah. these days where people are kind of fudging their responsibility. Oh, there's been so many own goals that it was actually nice to see somebody actually be quite eloquent about it and say the right things. And I believe him. This is the thing. Yeah. I think he has the conviction. He said, I said some fell and offensive things while tweeting years ago at a time when I was young and proudly ignorant, very hurtful and discriminative views that I've unlearned as I've grown up and become a man. The comments I made were unacceptable and disgusting, full stop. Comments that I regret and to everyone I've offended, I'm sorry. These are attitudes I've left in the past. The homophobic language I used was embarrassingly a part of my vocabulary when I was younger, and ignorance made me feel comfortable to use them while not being un- while not understanding the hate and the ramifications that they carry. It's not an excuse. I take responsibility for my mistakes, and I hope you can understand that my younger self does not reflect who I am today. Again, I'm sorry to everyone I've offended, to the LGBTQT community, and my supporters and friends, my deepest apologies. And ultimately, if you take him at his word, which I do... Yeah, he's, he's like, a sincere guy. Like, I mean, his track record, you know, based on what we know of him and what he said in the past uh, as a kind of public figure, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that is learning from his mistakes and his experiences. That's the thing. People make mistakes. Yeah. And I think that, like, that's kind of, in some cases, of course, I'm not referring to the extreme, horrible, dark ones that we're seeing a lot yeah. of lately. In some cases, you know, there are situations like this where you're like, okay, look, that, that person obviously fucked up. He's obviously not still that person or she's obviously still not per- that, that person. I think we have to allow people to grow and change and make mistakes and then like own their mistakes and look back on what they've done and be like okay yeah like I completely fucked up I was wrong no obviously I mean like he's he's this has come to light because it came to light through another mm. through a third party and that's what some people live to do they want to kind of expose people and just kind of attack people here and there for reasons good and bad I suppose uh, but I just kind of feel like yeah I mean like I think I, I think he's honest I think he's sincere and I think that you see the person that he is and what he means to a lot of people I, I think it's actually a very good thing because I think a lot of people who might actually have thought the same way who are very impressionable might see Stormzy saying these things and go fuck is, do I do that should I do that it, like in, in a lot of cases it's a lack of education and it is ignorance it, absolutely yeah and I mean you know there is an unfortunate truth in there that you know growing up people's vocabularies can frankly contain a lot of things that as you come to learn later are completely unacceptable and uh, it's not that long since we saw the kind of same conversations happening within Irish media after Conor McGregor for instance but I think people kind of got it arse over tit in that instance yeah. where and they he's were, not sincere let's <laughs> yeah oh absolutely but the main problem there for me at least was that his people, defenders precisely yes. the people who were saying like you know oh, up. oh but like this is all that it means and it's like well no but that's not what it means That that's the misunderstanding here that you're meant to be learning about yeah no I do think actually this kind of statement can be helpful and actually constructive in the long run because Dave as you were saying I mean he is such an influential character at this point in time and we've seen all this 
discussion around, you know, he's obviously on the grime scene. He's crossed over into hip hop. He's had those links with Drake. We've seen the discussion around hip hop and how in the past it's been misogynistic. It hasn't been great towards the LGBTQT uh, community. So, I mean, when you have someone like Storms, you go and listen, uh, I actually grew up and became a man and realized all this stuff was absolute nonsense. That can only be a good thing. Yeah, totally. And we'll move from that relatively serious news to something quite ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, something that actually... Something I, that literally has no weight whatsoever, Dave. Uh, yeah, very good. And something that kind of gives me a bit of nightmare fuel. Listener, <laughs> listener, where, where do you stand on the notion of holograms being used? Uh, you know, like, can the dead just stay dead? Uh, apparently not. Roy Orbison is the latest name to be dragged out of the coffin and into the courtroom. Now, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, I mean, we pro- I probably expected maybe a Bowie or a Prince or someone like that, like a re- Roy Orbison. You're not going to have a go at Roy Orbison, are you? The man's dead. I adore Roy Orbison, one of the greatest voices of all time. But, I mean, as a hologram, I mean, when he was on stage alive, he kind of just stood there and sang the songs. I don't know what. Okay, yeah. let's, let's, let, let's, let's get to the... the I'm the, critiquing a hologram of a dead man, well, yes. Look, the, singer, the singer's sons... Imagine being sent to review one of these shows. <laughs> I just didn't think it was very lively. The singer's sons say that their former business partners interfering with their new deal for a Roy Orbison hologram tour. Yeah. Death didn't stop Tupac Shakur or Michael Jackson from performing, as holograms, that is. But, like... But I the mean, family of Roy Orbison says a dispute with a vendor is keeping a digital reincarnation of the singer off the stage. Cool. I mean, I think, like, the two-pack one was certainly the first one that I remember. I don't yeah. know if it was the very first overall, but... Certainly the, the one that one hit the, the mainstream. Yeah. 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 But, like, it was a novelty, right? Yeah. Like, are you going to pay the money to just see the hologram? <laughs> are you going to bring the hologram on a fucking tour? Five Nights of Vicar Street. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, l- I loved when Snoop was rapping with a hologram of Tupac, and you just you just know Snoop was blazed the feck out of it, and he's there with a hologram of his dead mate. <laughs> I just love that. But um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you could make the point though. People will go and see like concert films. They will go and see interactive stuff. So is it? I I can totally see like hologram tours selling out. I can see that. Okay, no? well, look. So listen, his sons, right? They're suing yeah. under the name of Roy's Boys. Oh, this is oh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. They are suing a company called Hologram USA. Now, I just want to say that this sounds like a tag match that you would see a pro wrestling gorilla or something. Where they it's could like also, Roy's yeah. Boys versus Hologram <laughs> USA. They should, also could have gone for Orby's sons. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, I think Roy's Boys sounds exactly like a group of teenage hoodlums in some. Disney movie. Okay, well, according to a complaint filed on Monday in New York State Court, Hologram USA approached Roy's Boys in 2014 about creating a 90-minute performance by an Orbison hologram. Under their deal, a prototype was to be delivered for review within nine months. By October 2016, Roy's Boys still hadn't seen one, and they sent Hologram USA a notice of termination. They formed a new partnership with another hologram company, and essentially, they're all duking it out to try and disparage the name of Roy Orbison in this <laughs> terrifying futuristic way that I don't like guys I just don't like it I feel as though there's a lot of different things that they could do to commemorate his memory rather than a hologram tour yeah won't make the same cash though <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think is going to hold up in court because he certainly won't right boom boom yeah I don't know uh, frankly as well I'll tell you what it's going to have a lot of competition from uh, Roy Orbison uh, impersonators of whom there are a lot 
Yeah, very distinctive. See, that's an honest living. I can I can respect that. <laughs> Do you think they're all kind of failed Elvis impersonators? Oh, no, yeah, I'll just yeah. get the glasses and yeah. at least point. they're corporeal. <laughs> yeah, and at least they're not, still not falling down to Shaken Stevens level. So, <laughs> yeah, not my yeah, words. Yeah, that's a real words and Shaken Stevens. Okay, uh, we Beautiful. might as well double down on crazy news. Call them. Yes, uh, the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, Riza is suing uh, a Brooklyn dog walking company for breach of copyright after they named themselves Woof Tang Clan. As a fan of a pun, I have to say I am in favour of them. As a fan of a pun, it doesn't work, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't work at all. It's not Woof Tang Clan. It's Woof Tang Clan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm very much against this. The court papers stated that Wu Tang Clan's name and logo were unmistakably associated with the group's I agree with that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, I think that will stand up. <laughs> yeah, so so do I. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, they took that name from a martial arts movie, didn't they? Yeah, so, like in oh, it's a turnabout is fair play. Isn't it's it? a bit of a hard neck move, like. Um, Wolf Tang Clan is owned by Marty Kochon, uh, who told the New York Daily News he was aware of the challenge, as well as walking the illest group of dogs See, in New York City. this is why I want City. this guy to fail, because I think he's a dick. He offers dog-sitting services, saying his staff are courteous and responsible, as long as we're in agreement that Naz's Illmatic is the greatest album of all time. Now, hold on. It surely you could should maybe, be. maybe agree with that, but it's not very on message, is it? Yeah, you have to go end of the thing. It's got to yeah. be, yeah, it's got to be thirty six channels. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so hang on a second, thirty six channels. Are we saying that he should have basically done a Nas thing instead of a Wu Tang thing? Well, if he's going to be, I mean, it's a kind of like double slap in the face to Rizza, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of a Nas based pun for dog walking company. Let's just sit New here and think state of, of mind. One. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, hate me bow wow <laughs> either way like clearly by the way this bloke should have just like the second that this challenge was put forward just change your name instantly and take res- take advantage of all this press because presumably now it's just going to be settled out of court he's going to come up with a new name in three months time no one's going to notice like briefly he was without a shadow of a doubt the best known dog, wa- dog walking company on the planet yeah. Yeah. Probably he was go. also selling t-shirts though bootleg t-shirts with dogs on classic hip hop albums yeah, I, I think this that's guy actually is the bigger a charlatan issue. and I hope they take him for all of his money <laughs> he's in the charlatans what not surprised you, you interviewed them I did yeah, yeah. not a great interview <laughs> <laughs> it went really well that's why the dogs like a Tim Burgess just sits there silently next yeah. to them okay, sure well, as long as we're doing absolutely ridiculous news why not just double down again and go for a third because that's how maths works everybody. Uh, Cullum, I want to know how you felt about this one, because Metric Front woman Emily Haynes, who was also in Broken Social Scene, uh, released her second solo record, Choir of the Mind, back in September. I think you were a bit of a fan. Yeah, it's a good record. I liked it. Well, since then, um, you know, she's done what most kind of, like, I suppose, independent and art house style artists have done, and teamed up with a perfumery called House of Matriarch to debut her own fragrance called Siren. And uh, about the fragrance, she says, and I, and I quote, My fragrance collaboration with House of Matriarch started as a long-ago wish. The last time I passed through Seattle on tour with Metric, House of Matriarch Creatrix, Christy Michelle, had left a very special gift for me in my dressing room, a curated selection of some of her most intoxicating scents, Trillum, Black Number One, Madrona, and Orca. I mean, so the thing is, okay, I will say, this sounds like quite a good type of perfumery. It sounds quite fancy. They have a creatrix. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I know. It's, it's, it sounds <laughs> a little I'm bit saying. ominous, doesn't it? Yeah. But I was going to actually ask you how you feel about it, because in the past, she's created a trio of peak 
Twin Peaks sense with David Lynch. That's true. She has. Uh, it, I'd be it, all it over that. It does kind of, you know, make us in a difficult position, doesn't it, Craig? It drags yeah, us all I, into this, really, doesn't it? The more it? I think about it, the more it kind of makes sense. Like, that she would be totally into creating a scent and doing something artistic, and, like, I can kind of buy into the whole romance around, you know, creating a if scent. If it's romance it you want, I will read paragraph two of the statement. Why yeah, not? I was it, fascinated by the names etched into these gorgeous blue bottles in copper, and I loved the way that inhaling these mysterious combinations of florals and earth and wood made me feel. This was Getting definitely the nice perfume as I had experienced it within the conventional realms of headache-inducing magazine samples and those faux glitzy duty-free zones in airports. This was its magical opposite. You don't have to smell the magazine samples. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? What if you're an impulsive type? Overpowering. She's like. short-sighted and she's got a scrunched up to her face. Well, <laughs> wandering around news agents in gas masks like. <laughs> anyway, she's very interesting in learning the components of each scent profile and the possibilities that exist within them honing in on the elements that she responded to most through a meticulous series of questions and responses. And so, it's a great pleasure that Emily Haynes presents to us her latest labour of love, Siren. Siren. It's vegan, cruelty-free, halal, and doesn't include any animal products or synthetic sandalwood <laughs> or ingredients. Sorry, I, 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 yeah, I, we're basically just advertising it now. Uh, <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, send us a fucking bottle of it, would you? Because I want to know what it smells like. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad it's cruelty-free. There's nothing worse than cruel sense. <laughs> can I just say, by the way, that I can no longer be uh, admonished for rocking a cologne called Clinique Happy for Men, because this outstrips me for sure, doesn't it? Well, hold on. This is the height if of this is pretension, the, whereas I... What, your, your if, humble if this podcast is your direct has, comparison, I don't think you're winning, mate. Yeah, also, also, I don't think the, I don't think pretension was the issue with Happy for Men. It's, it's just a bit of a strange name for in fragrance. I feel better when I wear it, man. And it's Aww. very nice. Can I just say, by the way, if, if, if we're going to call back to Roy's Boys versus Hologram USA, I presume there'd be a run-in from the House of Matriarch. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My God! It's the House of Matriarch! What are they doing here? They smell amazing, though. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, Cullum, any spin-off from this thing? Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> well, yes, of course. Seamless. <laughs> had, a li- had a little bit of a search around and uh, found some of the other best kind I of combinations this. of uh, <laughs> artists teaming up with um, different companies. This isn't a top ten, by any chance. It might well be, Dave. Oh, yeah. my God, in that case, can we have some top ten music, please, Eve? Yeah, so I mean, like, the one problem that I had here, though, was separating, like, endorsements and actual things that they were involved in making the products, you know, which is why I put very low down on the list things like, you know, Ozzy Osbourne doing I Can't Believe It's Not Butter, because, like, that wasn't, you know, he didn't invent it. We're not getting a call back to Akon's diamond mine here, are we? No, but I did like the fact that, like, Ozzy Osbourne did I Can't Believe It's Not Butter, like, just before Johnny Rotten became, like, the face of British butter. Uh, He did ads for Country Life. But yeah. was then signed on actually by the British Butter Board. To it's a living. It's a living. Is that, is that number 10? I feel like you need to na- number yeah. these. Yeah. We've got Bill Wyman. At number 9. Uh, bringing out Bill Wyman's metal detector. <laughs> this is genuine. He has a passion for going out with a metal detector. And Are we talking about the genre of music? Heavy. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've Carlos Santana. Uh, who uh, we did. Made, his, made, his, made his own brand <laughs> of sh- studio? He made, he, made, he made his own brand of shoes. <laughs> oh, they're just called Carlos shoes. <laughs> have, have you seen them? They're actually not terrible. Are they kind of? I'm imagining what, heels. What, Maybe that's just no. What, 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 what kind of material is it? <laughs> it's smooth. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> this is horrific. Um, 
Another shoe-related one. This I loved. MF Doom teamed up with Clarks. Remember the brand that used to make the shoes? School, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarks. Yeah. 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 Clarks. Yes. MF Doom collaborated with them for a brand God. new pair. Imagine rocking a pair of MF Doom shoes going into class. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Would the other kids get it? I don't know. If you had the mask as well, yeah. Uh, Smokey Robinson brought out a brand of microwavable meals. Chicken and gumbo from Smokey Robinson. Jesus. I, I think it maybe it just has a name for it. Smokey but Robinson sounds like someone who would make but good hearty meals. Like yeah, but not, not microwavable. Like, yeah. You're thinking more like stick it on the grill. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Nelly uh, teamed up with the Fillmore Brewery Street Company and brought out Pimp Juice. Uh, uh, apparently the company soon realised it didn't go down very well in the States to call a drink Pimp Juice. He did two nights in Vicarage there. I heard it was he absolutely dreadful. Not, not surprised. surprised. Not. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so now that's not available in the States anymore. It is abroad, presumably in countries where they don't know what pimp juice would mean. Um, Snoop Dogg, this I loved, right? Did a competition with Norton Antivirus called Hack is Whack, right? Where the best person person who wrote the best two-minute rap song about viruses, phishing attacks, identity theft, and other cybercrime, that's a specific line in the instructions, uh, would get to go to LA for a Snoop gig. And the winner was Matt Bellamy from Muse. (laughs) Um, Andrew WK obviously is pretty much the top of the list where he teamed with Playtex to do uh, Playtex fresh and sexy wipes which are for intimate use before and after if you're partying partying, too hard if you party too hard yeah and uh, this this was my favourite but unfortunately it's not actually uh, affiliated officially Um, but Kendrick Lamar was playing a festival that was sponsored by Sweet Green who were apparently like a health food company and stuff like that and for it they uh, invented a new salad that was called um, Beats Don't Kale My Vibe oh that's good that's very good I got very confused there because there was no numbers so uh, let's do the songs of the week with numbers Right. and the next time we have a top 10 can you name them in order I'll, I'll do some numbers yeah, I, sorry, I, 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 I just got lost you know? there's just <laughs> so much <laughs> magic of it all so much information to take in you know I'm only one man Craig Fitzpatrick hello can I have a number please four please dive it's the return of De Rentos. I do a side podcast The Revisit you may have heard it with Kieran McGinnis from De Rentos, and now it's time to put him on the review block this is their new song it's from the new album it's called In Darkness We Feel Our Way They have a new album coming out next year. I believe it's set to drop in the first six months. And yeah, I mean, like an interesting kind of, I suppose, slight switch up for them to a degree. Uh, I've told Kira himself to his face that I, I think the song is a grower. It took me a few listens, but I do like it. I think it's really fucking good. Craig? Yeah, I, I'm going to now say that I really like it. And also to point out that this isn't like when Mark Hermode is talking about a Jason Isaacs film or something. Just if people listen to podcasts, you know what I mean? Like friend of the show, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But... 
we wouldn't have talked about it if we didn't and yeah now this this kind of ticked all the boxes for me i was surprised when you said that it like you think it's a bit of a grower because i was kind of straight in with it really okay i was like yeah this is kind of like what i'm expecting from a very very strong delorentos track and yeah no it worked for me as that light breezy thing i love to kind of switch up into the chorus and yeah more of this please yeah yeah, I think it's really nicely layered the way that, you know, it kind of, it opens and, you know, obviously it's coherent, but you wouldn't say like, oh, I know where this is going to go. Um, but by the end of it, 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 it sounds quite different. And uh, yeah, I love the, that kind of like glossy shine to some of the melodies in it that um, sonically yeah. like that. A friend of mine uh, said it. that it reminded him of Fleet Foxes, which I can kind of hear. A little mm. bit of that. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a lot more substantial, if you will. What do we think um, of the kind of the high register stuff? Because we've heard that a lot in things, and I'm like, well, would this track work totally without it? And it would. And I was just like, is that a nice decoration that is probably not necessary? I don't know. Well, I quite liked it. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, Richie thing, Egan was involved in this. Yes. I think he is involved in this. Yeah, he is. yeah very much so. Yeah, and I think you can hear little kind of production flourishes, I suppose, that he might have brought to the table. I think, you know, it's one of those tracks that when you get to the end of it, you feel like you've kind of been on a bit of a mini journey. I think it's actually, it develops into a bit of a triumph by the end of it. Um, is there a bit too much gloss going on? Maybe. I mean, like, maybe it's because, you know, you think of Delorantos as a band that are, keep it quite simple. So I think that they're trying something different. And, you know, not, not to speak out of turn, it's not for me to say, but I do think from what I've heard that we're going to get something of an experimental record from them and definitely one that is more about challenging listeners than just giving you a straight batch of singles. They've done that before and they've done it well. And this album is a long time in the making so i'm very curious to hear it like yeah i feel like they can do the radio hit thing you know not in their sleep but very well and that that is one kind of mode they switch into but i much prefer that kind of reflective side of them and um, when they just step back a little bit it actually kind of reminded me of some of the more recent releases from the likes of bell x1 which have been very strong and just kind of that very kind of healing soothing fair um so yeah yeah very good yeah sums up pretty well cool number number one Craig, can you introduce this song, please? <laughs> Jay Paul is back. <laughs> and, uh, it's Fabiana pa- Palladino featuring Jay Paul. Uh, he's all over this. And this is Mystery. Great job, Craig. I think you should keep going, though, considering you weren't here last week when we had all of the chicanery involved. It was, it was such Institute. an amazing <laughs> listen. Um, yeah, the updates were crazy because, of course, you were talking about the re-emergence of um, the very mysterious uh, London artist, Jay Paul, who I adore. You made me out to sound like a complete maniac, by the way. And thanks for that. <laughs> and also his brother, A.K. Paul, who has probably had a bit more of a profile in the last couple of years. He's done a lot of production stuff with you know prominent artists, and he's, he's, been, he's more prolific at this point. He's got about four songs and um, <laughs> they re-emerged in what was it propertyweek.com <laughs> in, where, where hard else? Hats, in hard hats having just bought a former BBC studio that they're going to turn into like a music institute um, Jay Paul who hasn't officially released anything since uh, uh, like 2012 I think it? so yeah um, his unofficial album which was I think just demos dropped do you four still, years ago do now. you still have it yeah, I've been listening to it all week mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
can't take anything I can get. Um, but yeah, what a comeback. The, the photo was amazing. You didn't talk enough about the photo. If you're listening now, you haven't heard about this or you haven't seen it, just kind of search J. Paul, aka Paul, that thing. And the photo is, it's the greatest <laughs> promo shot of all time. Just the two of them with some random middle-aged dudes. Like, yeah. they're, it's, it's like, like a, a county health, council fellow. Yeah, it's like a health and safety thing because the building isn't secure or something. <laughs> um, I think J. Paul's in shades. It's November. It's so good. But yeah, so you're kind of saying like, you know, we mightn't hear anything for four more years, which yeah. was very likely. And but in the text the, is yeah, like 20 minutes later. That, 20 minutes later, there was an update from this Paul Institute that they're supposedly building. Two songs dropped for yeah. a limited time only. You were straight on them. I'm straight on them. Um, We've chosen one of them. This was the first, um, and this is featuring Jay, as we said. Um, so he's co-written this with Fabiana, who has been speaking about her experience working with Jay Paul. She didn't know him. He just emailed her out of the blue, and they started working on a track. Um, she's done stuff previously with Jesse Ware, and like some track being in like backing bands, but doesn't have much of a profile. Profile. This is a co-write. Jay's produced it. He sings a bit of backing on it, which is glorious to hear. Um, he's clearly playing guitar on it. And, um, yeah, I, I love it, obviously. <laughs> can, I just, can I just say that, 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 I love that Craig started saying that we made him sound like some kind of, like, maniac fanboy. And I've and just then done three, it yeah. myself. Yeah. Three yeah. minutes so later. That's obviously him playing guitar. Effusive play phrase <laughs> just <laughs> spilling out of the microphone. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a little bit lightweight. But I mean, yeah, it's very, I mean, there's no drums. It's that wonky synth thing that he does so well. It's like a kind of VHS version yeah. of a song. It's re- it's really good in that sense. It's almost too much for the song itself and for he, the subject he matter. Almost, he, he almost uh, created it too well. <laughs> well, no, yeah, he did too well. Like, no, what, no, what I would say is that for a song that is kind of like, you know, yearning for somebody to actually come back and reveal them themselves a little bit sure, who is it's it, a bit too ice cold for that sure like you know you might want a little more warmth if you actually want to attract somebody in that way yeah but um but it is good her her, her, her voice is good um and like this is obviously one of two uh, the other track is Evil um, which is more of an AK Paul uh, production the artist himself is a guy Ruthven, and he hasn't actually done stuff with people before he's, he's a fireman he's a fireman from Lewisham yeah. in London and he writes songs in the fire station after 11pm when they're allowed to do stuff like that apparently that's, that's a great story yeah, isn't it that's cool yeah, like and that. it's a real kind of like Prince it's more energetic thing uh, it, it's fun as well but it's such a kind of Paul move it's like their big comeback is two artists you've never heard of front yeah. and centre and what's uh, yeah. more I mean I've, heard, I've seen people pointing out that even Ruthven uh, on the sleeve uh, his surname apparently is Nelson yeah uh, so are they just they're just saying are they completely ripping the piss here like yeah we don't know <laughs> put on yeah um, yeah we shall soon see or we prob- no we probably won't give me a number number five please okay it's the debut single from Zuri Marley it's called Beg For It and we will make you beg for it it's here But if you're gonna make me beg for it, beg for it, I'm not willing to. And if you're gonna make me beg for it, beg for it, I'm not willing to. Careful, I'm the fire behind the flame. Seamless radio, as always, <laughs> on behalf of your host, No Encore. Radio Nova. Nova. <laughs> Radio Nova. Come to our quiz for more uh, great off-the-cuff microphone antics by me. So uh, this 
is not off-the-cuff microphone antics at all by Zuri Marley. As the name might suggest, she is, in fact, related to the Marley dynasty. Uh, she's the granddaughter of uh, the late, great Bob Marley. Lost area. She's the daughter of Ziggy Marley. Now, the reason I got lost there was because I remembered uh, that amazing Bob Marley quote uh, where he said, money can't buy life which turned out to be a lie because had he got the surgery that he could have gotten to save his life he'd still probably still be alive I remember I think it was your sister Craig yeah. and a shout out to Martha happy 21st birthday yes. to her uh, and I think she was like well that's ridiculous so anytime I think about Bomber I think of that moment in your kitchen in uh, Leak Slip and I laugh and I laugh and I laugh not at the expense of a dead man his one way. gift to the world yeah that guy <laughs> yeah so anyway um, uh, you might you know go into this thinking well I know what this will sound like and then I think she sidesteps you yeah very much so because yeah, I, I I was a little bit like, oh, is this just going to be what I think it's going to be? I'd flash, I had flashbacks. You think it a reggae, were you? <laughs> yes, is that what you're saying? Cool. What's more, what's more, I was having flashbacks to Tapley's experience at Beachyard, where he fell in love with reggae for twenty minutes, and uh, and frankly, I think my tolerance would have been even less here. Um, but it's obviously nothing like that. It's kind of textured vocals which I think really, really work here on what is otherwise a relatively sparse track. Um, yeah, this is this is really good. I think it's great, yeah. Uh, I love the drums on it. I, it drives what's otherwise quite a chill thing. Um, the vibe of it, it was totally reminding me of like Fuji stuff, and then I realised, no, it's actually Enya. <laughs> it's, it was reminding me a bit of Enya going back to the original sample. And yeah, I was kind of concerned because if it had been, you know, Damien Marley's daughter, you think, oh yeah, that's a bit of a better lineage. Ziggy, I, I'm not too au fait with his stuff. <laughs> great name though. But yeah, um, and Zuri's also a great name and very, very promising. I, I totally dug this. Yeah, me too. I think it's really, really strong. Uh, as a debut single goes, it's particularly strong. Mm. And I would actually mind her getting involved in the Paul Institute and see what Jay Paul could bring yeah, to this. Yeah, that'd be good. They could work yeah, well together. That'd be a good match. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like again, went into it with with with, a, with a, like, oh god, really? And then being like, oh, this is great. This is yeah, actually yeah. great. She's actually done. I don't like reggae, is what we're getting at. Yeah, <laughs> I had heard her before without knowing because she's done stuff with Dev Hines, uh, Blood Orange. That's right. She uh, did she the was, backing yeah, vocals, free town uh, sound. That. So yeah, she was on one of the tracks on the last album, which was a great listen. Yeah, one to keep ears on for sure. There are two numbers left this week. I'll take two. It's Miguel. We've featured him quite recently, but we had to do it again because Craig teased this song in particular. It's called Pineapple Skies. Craig was saying that he'd heard live versions of this or he's heard talk of live versions of this and that it was apparently like you know an incredible tune and was going to bring the house down Craig did it yeah I mean this was seen as like well this is going to be the big one and um, it was I was pleasantly kind of like yeah actually this is very good he's going back to the Adorn well a bit which is kind of the sexual healing well because they both just sound like sexual healing but you know what that should be an entire genre of song and I think Miguel does it better than anyone else that's still alive um, so yeah I thought I thought it was a, it's a cool just kind of laid back thing I like the way he just grooves over um, the backing and yet it doesn't feel formless it feels really kind of um, reassuring and pleasant and combined with the last song we heard um, Told You So which was Stormer for me very excited about the album 
I'm playing through The Witcher 3 at the moment, uh, thanks to Dahi for lending me his copy of that game, and I'm pretty sure the sexual healing well is a location in that game. (laughs) (laughs) Cullen. Jesus. I am... Yeah, so, like, this is clearly the the leisure side of War and Leisure, the upcoming album, because this is... Oh, you think it's going to go full concept? I don't know if it's going to be that, but certainly, I mean, if there is a bit of a scope between the sort of, you know, more high tempo and the more laid back, this is definitely towards the laid back end of the scale. And he's threatened to do kind of like political songwriting or whatever, but there's zero of that here. Um, I did like it. I thought it was ever so slightly long maybe maybe that's just because it's you know fairly low paced anyway that you're kind of like feels like we've been here for ages it is indulgent but I think it needs that like that's what it's going for maybe you know yeah I mean I don't know I, like <laughs> to, to <laughs> use a phrase that Craig used a few episodes ago that I still find funny it insists upon itself yeah I mean like <laughs> it, 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 how did you come up with that by the way I don't know that's taken from something else I it's think. great it's a, I love yeah. it in a straight toss up between this and told you so I would go for told you so but yeah, I mean, this is still a very good song. It is, right? boat, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I do agree. I agree with all those points. Uh, it does remind you of maybe his better works, uh, but it's impeccably executed and an absolute joy to listen to. And yeah, I mean, he releases that record on the same day as U2's Songs of Experience. And what a contest. In case you're wondering, listener, they will in fact be our last album reviews of the season. All time. Season two of No Encore. <laughs> and we're going to stack them up against you and see how it sounds. But that's a couple weeks from now. To close us out on the Songs of the Week this week, let's have some industrial menace, shall we? <laughs> Why not? That was Health and No Life. The song is called Hard to Be a God. Uh, if you've listened to the show all throughout, first of all, thanks. Second of all, tell your friends. Third of all, uh, I'm a big fan of Health, as you might know, because I mention them whenever I can and try and crowbar them into the show. A phenomenal band from Los Angeles, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they released an album a couple of years ago called Death Magic. I think it's sorely underrated, one of the better records of 2015. Can I, sorry, can I just say, I love the kind of... I want to say... Death magic? <laughs> like you're trying to Could read be, your yeah. mind. I always get confused with that and Metallica's Apology album, Death oh. Death Magnetic, which is terrible. Yeah. And yeah, so Health are great. They have a fairly unique sound in terms of what they do. Yep. Uh, kind of a mixture of New Order, Nine Inch Nails, and a few others, but with a kind of knowing abrasiveness. Very funny on Twitter, as I always say, worth a follow. Seem like really good lads. And I just love everything that they do. Like, a, like I'm a sucker for this. So, of course, I love this. Yeah, I mean, they said themselves... It doesn't know, really go anywhere, but I still love it. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they said themselves, I, I, and I quote, if you like weird shit, this shit is for you. If not, then not so much. And I think that probably sums it up pretty perfectly, to be honest. Um, there's an element when you're listening to this of going like, well... You know, if Health were in the studio and stuff like that, is this truly the best that we could bring out after two years of waiting? You know what I mean? You sound like, like a disappointed teacher. <laughs> it's like, really, guys? <laughs> but is yeah, this really your best work? But there, is a, but there is a bit of that about yeah. it, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, when you've set a standard for yourself and set a stylistic sort of blueprint for yourself, I'm not sure this is the most rewarding. There's nothing wrong with it in terms of what it is. It's actually quite enjoyable. But, uh, yeah, if, if you gave me a choice between this or uh, health recording on their own. I 
know which one to go for. Yeah, um, I'll start off by saying, you know, hard to be a god, obviously making comparisons with themselves and a god, which um, they're allowed to do because they're not black rappers. Oh! oh. Craig and Kanye there. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back, Craig and Kanye. Shots <laughs> Nice. I love um, it. Yeah, we've been talking about health, but like to mention No Life a bit, uh, because I think he does bring something to this, and um, didn't know a huge amount about the chap, Sean Engfold. Um, Frank Ocean's a big fan. He did stuff on Endless, and you can kind of hear that vibe. He's it's like that music concrete thing yeah. going on um, and I think he lends something really interesting to this it kind of it it didn't do a lot in terms of like a narrative getting to something thing but it kind of rattled my bones in a good way uh, so yeah I enjoy I enjoyed the ride good to clarify we absolutely adore Kanye West on the show just in case anybody got anyone in the how back how could they possibly if anybody defending was him <laughs> well Kanye West I mean like you know he's one of those characters who's obviously comes for, under a lot of flack for being an outspoken person a bit of a controversialist which leads us nicely into our album of the week <laughs> now <laughs> before we get to the album of the week I just want to preface this one um, we're it's Morrissey, by the way, in case you haven't guessed. Okay. Uh, the reason that we're reviewing the Morrissey album is kind of twofold. Uh, one is that we just didn't really have anything else this week, and I'd rather have an album review than not have one. There just really wasn't a high-profile enough release to go with instead of this one. I would hope that there would have been, but in the end, we decided to go with it. Uh, number two, I want to just kind of uh, mention that Morrissey, in his bid to keep being Morrissey in 2017, uh, like he's made some really horrific comments lately regarding... Um, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, and that kind of stuff, which, which basically meant to victim blaming, and I think it's gross. And obviously, we don't condone or endorse that whatsoever. Uh, you know, we were kind of halfway through our review process when those comments were made, and we we're like, "Well, look, let's just." Well, yeah, it was like that thing. I was I was literally listening to the album and you know drowning in college work, and um, in between, kind of just checking stuff online, and I saw, oh, here's his latest comments where it's just. You kind of like let out a you know rueful laugh because you're like, oh, what really is he just trying to say as controversial a thing as possible? Why is he still speaking? With that in mind, yeah. I, like with that in mind, we have decided to give him his artistic day in court, and that's why we are reviewing Low in High School, which sounds like this: freeing the truth of make believe since she lost you. That is Jackie's Only Happy When She's Up On The Stage. It's the third track off Low in High School. I think he's released that and a couple of others up until now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I say, I mean, like, you know, I think at one point in this uh, in this room, we were all fans of Marcy to a degree. Absolutely, We've all kind of yeah. grown up, like, in, in being into the Smiths. And, uh, and Marcy's early solo work, I think, is quite excellent. And I've said before on the podcast, I saw him 10 years ago in Clemenum, and it was incredible. I then dragged Craig to see him in the three arena. Last time he was here, and it was miserable. Yeah, he didn't have to drag me, but... Um, <laughs> true, true. He yeah. didn't have to drag me out either. And I... <laughs> and as a matter of fact, uh, trivia fans, it was uh, my review of the Morrissey album that led to me leaving Hot Press magazine. So there you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so a story for another day. But yeah, that'll I mean, probably come up in the quiz. <laughs> trivia fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? It might. So yeah, essentially, like I say, if look, listen, if you're disappointed in us for reviewing this album, fair enough. I get it. No problem. Uh, but I just think you know, ultimately, 
this could be the last time that we engage with him as an artist and therefore let's do it so uh, this album is 12 tracks long it feels quite long and it's weird because I went into it kind of with uh, very low expectations and I think for the first couple of listens I actually was quite surprised at how big it sounds yeah. and how driven it is uh, I do think that ultimately when I get to listen number 5 and listen number 6 I got really tired and I think he's very tired I think you know look obviously it's not revelatory whatsoever to suggest that Morrissey is this kind of didactic, you know, kind of state of the world, yeah. old Manchester cloud, contrarian curmudgeon. We know, we know this, and Blow in High School doubles down on this to an extreme degree. I think lyrically, it could be his worst work. Like, yeah, I, I think mean, it's got to be close. I think <coughs> obviously you're right. You know, he is this curmudgeonly presence, but for me, there's a huge difference between when you are an active participant in what you're critiquing and, and, you know, you're involved in the world around you or when you're this kind of sideline commentator, the the absolute kind of definition of the hurler on the ditch, just kind of standing there and telling everybody else what they're doing wrong. And that's what it feels like Morrissey is by now. What's more, it feels like he's embraced it. I mean, like, you know, he's releasing singles called, like, you know, what, I spent the day in bed. And it's like... He's literally talking about all the people going to work and the people protesting and I spent the day in bed and you're like, well, this is probably why none of this has any sense of authority anymore, isn't it? Yeah, there was a great comment. I I wish I could could remember who said it online, but it was kind of like once those latest comments from Marcy came out, it was just like, he should have spent the day in bed. Yeah, yeah, he should have stayed there, yeah. This this was a difficult listen for me because obviously, yeah, I adored Marcy for the longest time and he's moved and gradually, I guess I didn't know enough about some of the previous things he did in the 80s and blah, blah, blah. So I had a very romanticized idea of him being the guy that was you know there for the outcasts and he was maybe um the bully type who would bully the bullies and he was on our side kind of thing um and he's moved yeah as i said gradually in recent years from uh, becoming the type of person who rings like kind of afternoon like radio phone-ins and now he's like the guy that rings in like really late night radio (laughs) phone-ins it's just not get he's going to be on alex jones soon probably yeah oh Uh, he is one step away from infowars he really is having said that and I, I really grappled with this, and it was an uncomfortable listen for me for a good couple of days. Um, I think this is his best work in a, over a decade, I think, since maybe Ringleader of the Tormentors. Um, musically, just looking at it musically, it's calling on some of his earliest influences. There's New York Dolls stuff there. There's really glam guitars yeah. um, and high wire stuff, and it sounds kind of like his band sound really cheap but in a good way because they often sound just like your session musicians combined then with these big as Dave was saying it sounded massive like these kind of strings and things and I saw someone else compared to like it almost becomes like it enters meatloaf territory or something it sounds like the makings of a grotesque musical or something and I am like you're right there's a rocky horror element to it at some point isn't yeah, there horrific one thing like I, I'm I'm kind of find it fascinating like I don't even know what my relationship is going to be like with Morrissey because obviously I, I don't condone anything he's been saying of late it's ridiculous to me and it's appalling um, but is it going to be that thing where you can you know 
see like a poet like Philip Larkin who had very troublesome views but you can go well actually look he was a genius in this regard and you can yeah. admire what he knew about the human condition in this way and there's flashes of that in this I think there's some like when he's you know does a song like Home is a Question Mark I think that is a nice torch song I feel like he taps back into that you know wistful kind of I, I've, I've no real place I, I can actually call my own um I don't know who I am, that vulnerability. Um, and I think it works. I think all the young people must fall in love. There's nice sentiment there. It's when he's looking at the best in people and he's looking not on the bright side of life, but ways to separate yourself from the awfulness. But then you've got like, <laughs> then you've got, you know, I, I think actually even spent a day in bed, that kind of jaunty thing. Yeah. It works better in context it here. It definitely, much. definitely yeah. works better. This is a great example of a single working better in the context of the record. Absolutely. By the time it arrives, it's a lift and it's clever. Yeah. yeah. But then you've also got stuff like when you hiss I bury the living where suddenly he is basically mocking anyone that is a soldier or and you know everyone is and you know he I don't even know what to say because he gets into very um He's very aggressive throughout this record in a way uh, yeah. that I don't quite understand. But at times this sounds like somebody doing an impression of what they imagine Morrissey would be like. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jackie's only happy when she's up on stage. Up on stage. He said, actually, that, well, that's not really that political. When he does it live, he ends up like that That exit, exit, exit it's, kind of finale. He starts out in Brexit, like apparently Jack, on stage. Jack, I was going to say, yeah. actually, so he's I, been doing I was that, say apparently. That, that I was stunned that he didn't say Brexit in yeah. the lyrics. It's kind of more so like you're getting, it's like, getting uh, there. Like, yeah, but like Jackie is the Union Jack. It's, it's, it's not exactly uh, cryptic. Like. Well, he was kind of, he was doing his <laughs> usual Morrissey rolling of the eyes. Sorry, you don't have to be a creatrix to work out some of the lyrics on. <laughs> no you really don't I don't know why you'd need to be a creatrix to do anything but yeah I mean yeah like I said then you know you go on to song like, who will protect us from the police I just I've no time for whatsoever uh, I just think it's ugh. yeah but I mean like again like going back to kind of what I was saying about having some sense of authority and and having you know some some position in which you could be looked up to for what you're saying especially when you're kind of like you know speaking in some sort of you know, political way or whatever. He seems to undermine himself at every turn. I mean, like, and not just in real life with his interviews and so on and so forth, but even on the record where, like you say, there's, you know, I bury the living or, um, is, is, is it when you open your legs where you're just like, what are you doing? And, and like, the girl... <laughs> And then both, like, both the girl from Tel Aviv who would kneel and Israel, I mean, the well, titles themselves. Now, this is almost, well, this is one of the areas, and there's been lots of areas he's, he's kind of, you know, being troublesome in, but the whole kind of <laughs> Israel thing is um, interesting because he so, seems to find a new fascination every couple of years, and sometimes it's he falls in love with kind of Mexican culture, yeah. or, you know, he kind of fetishizes, like, at one point in the 90s, he got really big into boxing, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And now he seems to be like, do you know what, I actually, I'm a contrarian, everyone's against Israel and somehow I'm going to romanticize that and I will say as a closing track purely stunning. musically it's stunning, stunning. it's, it's one of his best songs in years song yeah. on, it's gorgeous on the surface it's again, actually again, yeah. a knockout this is why again, I found it, this so troubling like, it's, this one, really of most, like, it's this one of the most beautiful examples of minimalism used yeah. uh, in, in a maximalist sense of course, subject matter gets in the way. Yeah. But as an arrangement, fucking hell. And that's why like, I think as art, it's really floored. interesting because like, if there's so much going on, like what is he actually is trying to say? I don't know how to 
I don't know how to kind of deal with him as an artist and what he's trying to say and actually the quality that is on display for a lot of this there really is the execution you can't deny that it'd be a lie to say it's it's not very good the execution's quite strong throughout I mean the musicians are everyone's given 110 I was about to say like I'll give this an 8 out of 10 for the band <laughs> it's just a pity, it's just a pity that every song has a bloke singing over them that doesn't necessarily meet their standard. But he, and he has moments though, and you remember, and you're just like, why can't you be the Morrissey? That's that it is? exactly. <laughs> but that, but that's what I, that, be the Morrissey that you want to be in the world. Yeah. That's what I mean. Every time he did, like he just undermines himself. He comes out with something beautiful, and then the next line, and you're just like, oh, that's a clunker, isn't it? He, like he's a walking and another thing. Yeah. You know, and just very, when you think, just when you think he's made a good point, he'll go, oh, and another thing, and you're like, no, or uh, just left or, or well actually. Yeah, 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 and it's sure. interesting as well. About ten years ago, he finally decided that he was no longer going to be this kind of asexual character, and he, he seemed to find <gasps> a, like a romantic side to his life. And from there was one line where he was talking about exploding kegs between his legs, yeah. and it's like, okay, Morrissey. At the time, that was like, oh, good on Morrissey, just being like a bit <laughs> kind of open, and you know, I hope he's going on dates, and finally he can yeah. open up, and blah blah blah. And now it's a bit like, can you stop talking about like wrapping your leg or like having people wrap? I th- he's probably talking about. A country there I don't know just no, the I metaphors are not sorry, working sorry. for me can well. you imagine going on a first date with Morrissey <laughs> can you fucking imagine it Oh, imagine dear. Morrissey on Tinder <laughs> yeah what I'm uh, going to say is Morrissey like 53 uh, extreme views yeah. <laughs> so I think my point would be do you know what I was thinking if he hadn't been coming out with all this stuff if he was the character even that I adored in 2004 mm. and you know lyrically that there was differences here and song titles were different and I didn't have that context of everything that's been going on this would actually be a record that really cheered me up <laughs> like there's a lot of kind of steer- steering stuff here True, and I can find but Craig, Craig, can I just call you up there now and just say that you just said, right? Yeah. If the song titles were different and the lyrics were different well, and it was in a completely different context, I like this album. Well, some of the meanings are like so skewed that like, essentially what I'm saying is, uh, Morrissey is gone from someone that I used to think hated people because he was like, why can't we all like, even me, myself, I should be better and we should be looking towards the light and um, punching upwards and that is why I'm just, I'm, I don't want, I want to be kind of, you know, like years of refusal, I'm stepping aside, I don't want anything to do with it mm. and now you feel like, actually no, he's putting himself up on a pedestal, he's judging other people and he's attacking without any kind of understanding of people and actually at a time like now you can call on an old kind of Morrissey lyric uh, I know it's over where, you know, he used to say things like, it takes strength to to be gentle and kind and you kind of want to say yeah it does Marcy how about you be gentle and kind and be that Marcy yeah thank you that there's some <laughs> level of empathy in there like yeah. I mean I'm reminded of a question a number of years ago when we all worked in our present fact he was interviewed uh, via email I remember so this well we had a chance to kind of throw a few questions in there if we were um, y- if we wanted and I I said you know like new album which was World Peace and None of Your Business which is not a good record but nope. it's also though very curmudgeonly very cranky and very negative and I said like you know obviously you make no secret of your disdain but is it a call to arms or is it a lament and his reply was literally like well have you seen the news lately and that was it that was it and well, it was, I hear that the news contrives to frighten you I hear that too but from this answer, I remember just looking at it and thinking, like, does he even know or does he even care? And I didn't think about it too much because I was just like, you know, he just wants to get the interview over with. But this, again, sounds like a record where, you know, 
he, he's he's just given up almost. He, he's resigned at this point. I don't think he has given up. I think the world has left him behind. And I think he's aware of it. I think it's one of the reasons why he's saying the extreme things now, because there's no there's no nuance anymore. There's no there's no like, you know, let's look at it from both points of view here. Is he making a wider satirical point? He's just nasty now. And he, uh, well, and not just nasty in those songs, but also like you said, I mean like, you know, when he gets sexual they're like single entendres almost. Like yeah, I it's mean not, not his strength. I mean like ultimately I just feel like with a record like this, while a presentation is pretty spectacular and like I say the sound of it the arrangements that are being put in here it's adventurous it's arguably too adventurous at times I think you know the girl from Tel Aviv who wouldn't kneel starting the way it does and that kind of you know like weird staccato dance thing that's going on I don't think it suits the tone uh, similar with uh, all the young people who must fall in love that kind of clap along dance along thing Bucks Fizz almost again coupled with what he's talking about I did not expect a Bucks Fizz reference in this room neither did I <laughs> and yet here we are ultimately I think you know the conflict between Morrissey the person and Morrissey the artist and Morrissey the I suppose uh, selector of musicians because he's always had a great band at his side when he wants one like he can you know a tune. He knows his way around the tune and he knows uh, how to let his bandmates kind of flourish, if indeed he is letting them off the leash. But ultimately, I just think that in November 2017, I don't need another reminder of how the world is on fire and how we're all fucked. And I especially don't need those reminders to be as didactic and pompous and toxic as they are on this record. So I think as a work of art, so to speak. It's very accomplished. It's very well put together, but I can't connect with it. And it's a real terrible shame, especially when you come to a track like Israel, because that's a fucking magnificent song. Yeah. It's a beautifully, beautifully presented and created and structured and arranged and released piece of work but I can't support the messages behind these songs I can't support Morrissey's uh, thing like like his whole kind of shtick now because it's gone to a place where I think people have moved past him society is moving on from him and I think he's he comes across as someone here who is callow weak and threatened and as a result he's made a he's made a 6 out of 10 album I suppose I mean like somewhere in like you know 5.5-6 I do think if you're into if you're into like the kind of structures that come with a solo artist working with a band and not just doing the Sam Smith thing because that was a big problem on the Sam Smith yeah. record the arrangements were so uninspired and weak and cheap if you want to hear somebody leading a big band and and, and going down creative avenues from a pure musical point of view give it a go you know give us give Israel a go and see what you think of the song like as a song but obviously you probably know going in what you think of this record because Morrissey doesn't really shock you in regards to its subject matter or his kind of artistic viewpoints anymore. And that's a shame because at one point, as Craig says, he was someone to look up to to a degree, at least from someone that you could kind of draw from. And I think those days are over. And that's where I stand on it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to give this album a 7, 7.5 because I really do find it fascinating and I'm purely looking at it as a creative work and I'd be lying if I said it was below that. Um, but that said, it was a real kind of struggle um, this week with this record. And I don't know if I'll be going back. Yeah. I doubt very much that I'll go back to this record. It's probably a five for me. And honestly, I think you can pretty split, pretty much split it down the middle where uh, the band, the musicianship, the presentation, like Dave said, um, is one thing. And unfortunately, uh, the band leader is quite another. 
Yep, okay, fair enough. A few more albums to go before we kind of sign out for the year. And we will be doing lists, of course, and I'm very much looking forward to them. Listmas, everybody. It's coming. Oh, my God. Happy Listmas. It's the most wonderful time of year. It's the most wonderful time of year. <laughs> what else could you listen to if you don't want to listen to Morrissey? Well, lots, really. But uh, I would suggest starting with At The Drive-In are back with a three-track EP, the Diamante EP. They're actually playing in the Three Arena this Sunday as support to Royal Blood. I got an email during the week informing me that they were on the road and, quote, having a blast with Royal Blood. <laughs> having a blast, mate. And as I noted on Twitter, how nice for them. It sounds, sounds, like, <laughs> a, sounds like a good, wholesome time. The Diamante EP is three tracks, which I presume weren't good enough to make Interalia from this year. <laughs> and they sound like it. Uh, Interalia, by the way, is a record that I think is good and holds up, and I think it hasn't gotten enough love this year. Once you kind of get away from that hole, it's been an insane amount of time since their first record. It does hold up for what it is. Uh, Young Fathers released a song called Lord last month that I completely did not notice, and the video has come out for that. It's a fucking beautiful song. They have a new album coming out next year, and they're playing the Academy in March, so I'm going to be there for that. Uh, also, uh, to note that Dublin Band Wounds have kind of resurrected themselves with a song called Flesh or the Knife with a huge fucking chorus if you're into your kind of loud rock songs give it a go and I guess Craig have we both been listening to an album that turned seven years young this week Kanye West My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy which yeah. I think is his fourth best record <laughs> and oh no everyone no, no. says I'm wrong it's um, obviously the album of the decade um, if you count 2010 as part of the decade I know there's some dispute about I whether the not is I wouldn't um, maybe the best of the 21st century it's spectacular yeah it's great and I have yeah I gave it a spin I was also listening to Johnny Marr's solo album just as a kind of nice antidote to Marcy <laughs> and it's really like unproblematically enjoyable uh, playland people have probably listened to it loads of great guitar on it uh, Stuff Gent Stevens The Greatest Gift we talked about it yeah. briefly the mixtape which is kind of off cuts and b-sides and all the rest of it from the Carrie and Lowell ses- sessions um, he premiered it I think through NPR the other day should be everywhere by the time of the year listening to this now and uh, yeah it's really good I mean we said ourselves like the one song that we'd heard from it was as strong if not stronger than anything on the record and while it doesn't all live up to that standard uh, yeah it's still pretty damn good that song was Wallow Lake Monster which is an absolutely fucking masterpiece yeah. knockout of a song okay uh, that does it for No Encore this week thank you Craig thank you Cullum um, also listener look out for the next episode of The Revisit dropping quite soon the year is 1989 the guests are Neve Farrell from Ham Sandwich Dan Hegarty from 2FM and Quiva Barry from Wyvern Lingo and that's a good episode I'm looking forward to it and finally to play us out this week uh, brand new Irish music from a band that are playing tonight if you're listening to the podcast but it's sold out so if you don't have tickets you're not going uh, Laboom one of the highlights of hard working class heroes this year uh, Christy Leach and Amy Mallon are a brand new art with a massive amount of buzz about them their single is called don't need it now it'll tell you all about them better than I can this is Laboom and don't need it now my name is Dave Henry this has been No Encore there will be no encore and this is Laboom
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.